Welcome, welcome, welcome. Listen, this is another episode of the Government Coins Podcast. I am so excited to be here with y'all today. Listen, this has been a few months in the making in terms of planning out how strategic you know, this outreach is going to be. And then, of course, reaching out to the right agencies. You already know. So we get a lot of people who usually ask us to reach out to different spaces and different agencies. And today we have the city and county of Denver, Colorado. Now, this is a big deal because this is the first time we've actually had, well, first in Colorado altogether, <laughs> but the city and the county. So thank you so much, Adrena. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I am happy that we're ending the week here very soon and the weather's good. And so I'm I'm great. Thank you for having oh. me, by the way. I'm really excited to be here. I am too. I'm excited to actually get into it. You know, our preliminary conversation, we talked about a few different things. So I know businesses are going to be super excited about what's going on in the city and county of Denver. But before we hop into that, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'd, I'd love to. Um, so I am a native to Denver, Colorado. They call us unicorns because no one is from here anymore. Um, however, at see, at a very early age, and talking about how I even got here, at a very early age, I was immediately drawn to working in spaces that were centered around people and culture and business. Um, my background is in sociology and in business, and I've always just taken an interest in societal matters, civil rights, and civic engagement. Um, prior to going to college, I did, um, I had little jobs here and there with the Small Business Development Center, our Chambers of Commerce. I even worked at a law firm that was um, centered around human rights. And so it was really interesting that towards the end of my college career, I was looking for an internship and I found my way with the Regional Transportation District, which is our bus transportation. No, I didn't drive buses and no, I wasn't interested in driving buses and there's nothing wrong with driving buses, but I was looking to do something in business and had really no clue what I was going to be doing. Um, and that internship ended up being with the small business office at the Regional Transportation District, known as RTD. Um, that space was incredible because at that time they were starting to build light rail and they were really um, looking to put more definition around small business and how we could protect small businesses through civil rights. I, uh, as I shared, I started as a summer intern. I was only supposed to be there for the summer. And I had told my boss at the time, you know, I'm here now, you're not gonna be able to get rid of me. <laughs> and that summer internship 12 years later went from an internship to working as a contractor and then as a project manager and then leading up the small business office. So I learned quite a bit about the construction arena, small businesses, and at that time, I mean, and still pretty much is, it was a boy's world. And so it was a lot to take in culturally. Um, and even though it was quite a defining moment in my life, I learned quickly that equity is a passion of mine and human rights is a big deal for me and where I can affect change, which is like in this business space, which is where all the money is. Is where I wanted to be. So it's a little bit about me. And I love that how you talk about the transition and, and getting started in this space. Usually when we interview people um, that are in the procurement space, they 
just fell into the position. So they had no idea about it and just fell into it. But you had a consistent track of, you know, working um, and getting into this position and you found your space as an intern and you stood there and you kept progressing. So that's amazing. Now, just because we just talked about your journey, can you tell us about your role and your title at the city and county of Denver? Because I feel like that is a huge component of just understanding that trajectory that you just talked about. Let's talk about that. Yeah, let's dig into that. So uh, as of now, um, I am the chief officer of the Division of Small Business Opportunity at the city and county of Denver. Uh, within that division, so we fall under the Denver's Economic Development and Opportunity Agency, and I'll be speaking more about this word agency in a bit. Um, and so within the Division of Small Business Opportunity that I head up, we have a few offices underneath us. So we have our certification office. We have our business utilization office, our contract compliance. Um, we have a forensics office. And did I mention, um, oh, and our strategic development capacity building office. So that's about five programs underneath us or five different offices underneath us. And uh, we've situated it as such so that really it's like a full ecosystem of how we work with uh, small businesses. And I've been with the city now, gosh, well, in government time, it's like 100 years. But in real time, it's been about four and a half years. So I'm coming up on my fifth. And during, God, during four years, four and a half years, we've done a lot. We rewrote law, um, our local law ordinance. We have changed policies. We've included values of equity citywide. Um, and then talking about money, we've increased opportunities. So from... 2018 to present, let's see, about $776 million has been paid to certified minority and women-owned businesses. We've had about 100, or I'm sorry, 819 contracts that have been awarded to certified firms as prime, prime, not as subs, but leading prime contractors. And that resulted in about $183 million uh, for small businesses priming opportunities directly with city agencies. So we've done a lot and we still have a lot more to go, especially in the, the current um, pulse of what's going on in the world right now. I, I know that's a, a lot to navigate within itself. Um, so just, I, I know we have like an agenda that we want to stick to, but just harping on that aspect, you said that was over a period of four years. Four years, from 2018, 2019 until on. That's when we really started to restructure everything within DISBO with data, um, with increasing opportunities, with changing policy. It was not easy. It was gritty, um, but we were doing it. Yeah, definitely. And that, I mean, the numbers show, the numbers speak for themselves uh, with that. Now, as we talk about DISBO and, well, can, can you tell us what DISBO stands for? Oh, yeah, sorry. I'm going to speak a lot of acronyms, so please call me out if I need to break it be government if you did, right? I know, right? I can say a full sentence in just letters. Uh, so DISBO is the Division of Small Business Opportunities. So we're known as DISBO or DSBO. Okay, so under the realm of DISBO, can you tell us a little bit more about your small business programs that are available Yeah, so, but as I start out, anytime I talk about our small business programs, I like to 
start off by saying, um, with regards to the city and county of Denver, a, the city project is the vehicle. And our city agencies or project managers are typically the drivers of those projects. And DISBO, we sit in the passenger seat and we help direct track, we help to direct traffic and which way we're going and whatnot. And so quite literally, we have this seat because of our local law and because of federal law requirements. So this gives us an opportunity to be those passenger seat drivers in the ears of project managers. Um, our programs that I'm getting ready to share with you are attached to predominantly all of our city projects. Um, and those are affording contracting opportunities for small minority and women-owned businesses. And so in talking about Alphabet Soup, again, um, all of our programs, if you will, are based on social and or economic disadvantage status. So that is race and gender or business size. And uh, they are separated by local and federal law because that's where the money's coming from. And all of our programs are city specific. Um, we do not accept other certifications from other municipalities, associations, organizations, et cetera, um, with the exception of our federal program, which is DBE. And we share that with CDOT, which is the Colorado Department of Transportation. So um, giving that context, we have six different certification programs, which are six different programs for opportunities for small businesses. So we have our MWBE, which is Minority Women Business Enterprise, um, we have our DBE, which is a disadvantaged business enterprise. We have our SBE program, which is small business enterprise. And then we have two concession programs, which are our small business enterprise concessions. And then ACDBE, which is airport business, um, airport, <laughs> airport concessionaire disadvantaged business enterprise, ACDBE. Um, and so going back into that alphabet soup, our MWBE and DBE programs are most specifically situated for larger contracts with subcontracting opportunities. This is a great way for small businesses to get their foot in the door, to bite, I, bite, I'm sorry, bite off a, a, a tangible piece of the pie and to own that project and work on that project with several other subcontractors, but that prime really leading that space. Um, same thing with DBE, a great space for subcontracting opportunities when you're trying to get your foot in the door. Not to say that we don't have MWBEs and DBEs that prime. And when I say prime, they're leading the contract, owning the contract. Um, our third certification type, which I look at it as a scale. So you have MWBEs and DBEs that are scaling up. We then have our SBE program, which is specifically tailored towards set-asides. So this is a race neutral program. It's specifically situated off of the size of your business. And these typically be um, tend to be our larger businesses that are ready to prime directly with the city. So they have an opportunity to cut the middleman out, um, eat that full project on their own, um, learn uh, policies and practices of a city agency and prime that project and potentially bring in subs underneath them. And then, as I stated, our last program, which is our SBEC and ACDBE program, those are concessionaire opportunities. So the airport is part of the city and county of Denver. So um, small businesses, minority-owned 
women businesses have an opportunity to own concessions at the airport, which is big business. Uh, to own a concession at the airport, you are looking at retail, restaurants, service providers, and an opportunity to joint venture with non-certified businesses. So that's it's definitely big business. So those are our primary uh, programs. We have an emerging business enterprise as well that we are revamping as we speak. Got it. And for anyone who is actually, well, for everyone who's on the YouTube channel, if you're not, don't worry, you can always uh, check this out after the live session. But I dropped a matrix in with that talks about all of these different certifications that they have available. What are What is the eligibility requirement? And now that I'm thinking about it, I've wanted to kind of ask this question as well. Are the businesses required to be in the city and county of Denver in order to have these certifications, in order to get certified? Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you for asking it. One, I do want to say if anyone is looking to do business with the city, please look at that matrix. It really helps you to identify where you fit um, for our local programs. So that's going to be MWBE. SBE and SBEC, uh, you do need to have local presence in the city and county of Denver. You do not need to be a resident, but you need to have local presence. That means you need to either live here, you need to be showing that you're doing business here, um, have had clients, et cetera. And that needs to be within six months um, before getting that certification. So that's a really big component of getting uh, certified with any of our local programs is that local presence component. Love that. Because you know what? Usually a lot of times it's kind of completely off the table, but I'm pretty sure, you know, for businesses who are looking to do business or currently in the city and county of Denver, it gives them the opportunity or even just a few miles up the street that gives them the opportunity to come in and, um, you know, establish a presence there to really get started and do uh, business with you all. Now, another question that I had around this component of it is, the, so how does one obtain a certification? Because there are completely different processes in terms of going after it. So what is the current process with the city and county of Denver to get a certification or get certified? Yeah. And so I'm, I would presume that many of the folks that are listening here today have gotten certified in some state, space, municipality, you name it. And so it's typically going to be about the same. Um, and I always encourage small businesses to keep a copy of all of their certification documents and their application because it's usually a copy and paste over. So when you're looking to get certified with the city and our local or our federal program, which would be DBE, which is probably the one consistent of many of the people listening here today, um, is that certification is an admissions ticket into the government amusement park. It does not guarantee work. It does not uh, deliver a project in your hands. It is quite literally your admissions ticket into the park. It gets you benefits into that space. Um, and so with that being said, if you're looking to work with the city because the city is vast, it is huge. I would say the first thing that folks need to do is attend one of our certification sessions. We have those every month with the exception of December. So our next one is gonna be January um, and I can give you the exact date, I believe it's January 9th. So to attend a certification session. Um, and then what you're gonna need to do is look at the certification matrix. We need for you to evaluate your eligibility. What does ownership look like? Uh, is it 51% owned by at least a minority or woman owned business? I mean, a person, individual. What is your business size, your personal net worth, 
and what is your time in business? And then again, for that local side, we need to see some local presence there for at least six months. Um, so evaluating your eligibility is going to be key in this space. And if you don't know or you have questions, again, contact our office or attend a session where you can ask these questions to all of our certification analysts. They are ready, willing, and very passionate about certification. Uh, the next component is, is to work with a consultant. Uh, I think that this is a great avenue and it's free. Do not pay folks to help you get certified when there are free resources out there. Specifically in Denver, Colorado, we have the Small Business Development Center. Again, is where I worked when I was very young. Um, the Small Business Development Center has consultants that provide free consultation services to you on getting certified and helping get all of your documentation together because we're going to need taxes. We're going to need operating agreements. Um, and various other components if you've got partners uh, involved. So work with a consultant to get your documentation prepared. You can always contact us if you have additional questions, um, but we're not gonna walk you through the process because we need to remain impartial. And then last but not least, submit. Submit your documentation and be responsive. I can't tell you how many small businesses lose out on certification because of lapse in time or being non-responsive. Be responsive, get your certification, get that admission ticket so you can start working with the city. Yeah, that's a big deal. And then also like renewals, I think a lot of times we kind of, we tend to kind of let some of these opportunities slip by as well because we didn't renew uh, on time. So I love that. Now, one thing I did add in the chat is the link to the SBDC because that's one thing that we, we haven't picked up on as much is consulting and realizing that there are free options in those local areas that you can tap into that are usually interconnected. So I think that's a, a big deal. So thank you for mentioning that. Yeah. Now, I also like the fact that you all provide training uh, once a month on how to navigate these certification processes. But let's talk about training for after we get the certification um and we we want to you know we have the certification but we still don't know what to do yep. Yep. <laughs> so the goal is do you also have anything in place to like help businesses get over that next like hump that they have yep. to okay yeah thank you for asking that and uh that one piece that you just mentioned with regards to the renewal component of it as well is really big so uh, I just want to back up to that and then I'll go into the other training. So when you're getting certified, there's going to be specific NAICS codes that you're looking at, not NIGP, but NAICS codes, N-A-I-C-S. Uh, those NAICS codes are critical in terms of what other businesses are going to be looking at when they want to bring you onto a project. They're going to be critical to us when we're tracking your participation when you get on a contract. And so we offer, uh, along with our certification 101 classes, we also offer a NAICS code uh, training course so that you can understand what NAICS are, what how to look for the correct codes that apply to your business. And at that renewal time, when to evaluate in adding additional NAICS codes, because that can be a make or break um, for opportunities for you. And it also helps city agencies have more aggressive yet attainable goals, subcontracting goals on projects. Um, so we offered those two certification courses and then um, you've gotten certified, now what? We, one of my favorite courses that we offer is a subcontract agreement for certified firms training. So 
Typically, as a certified firm, there are specific flowdown provisions that you need to have in your subcontract agreements, especially if you're DBE certified. There is no termination for convenience clauses allowed when you are working as a certified firm with the city. This is one of our newest policies that we pushed through, and I'm very proud of it. Um, we mirrored it from the DBE program um, with the federal government. And the reason that this provision is so important is because it protects businesses from being kicked off of projects for unjust reasons. The color of your skin, they didn't like the way you talk to them, they didn't like you know, who your partner is, they kick you off a project. So those clauses um, are now termination for good cause. And so for example, with that provision, there are seven to eight different reasons for what a uh, YA certified firm could be terminated, substituted, or their uh, work be reduced. But they're for meaning, like they're for relevant reasons. You're voluntarily withdrawing because you have too much work. You went bankrupt. Uh, the member of one of the partners passes away, so on and so forth. So we talk about flowdown provisions like termination for good cause, prompt payment, um, change orders, how to manage those, how to manage joint ventures, um, you name it. So we have um, those types of trainings. We also have one of my new favorites, which is called Small Biz, Big Wins. It's one of our procurement trainings that we offer. If you are looking to do work with the city, you have to take this training. Uh, we have every different procurement type laid out in addition to whatever type of small business program requirement may be attached to it. It shows you how to fill out the forms, why the forms are needed, how to protect yourself, et cetera. Um, it's a wonderful training. You can take it at your leisure. Uh, we also do in-person trainings um, that are ad hoc called The Pursuit, How to Pursue Work with the City. Um, and we're working on an orientation for prime contractors to better understand how to work with small businesses. Uh, last but not least, we also partner to put on trainings. So we have partnered with the airport and it's called the Business Development Training Academy, known as BDTA. They have uh, Concourse 100 and Concourse 200. Um, Concourse is a play on words because it's the airport. And it's different sessions for uh, to meet you at your business capacity. So if you are just getting started, you can take 100 course classes. If you're at that next scale, 200 course classes. Um, in addition, we partner with Colorado's Department of Transportation, known as CDOT. Um, they have a leading edge program, and this is a multi-week course uh, where you can learn how to do business with the city and with CDOT. We talk about bidding, estimating, marketing, subcontract agreements, you name it. Um, and if that wasn't enough, we also partner with our Hispanic Contractors of Colorado. They have a Contractor Academy, which is superb, as well as a scaling program. These classes are between 25 to 50 bucks, and they have uh, SMEs, so prime contractor engineers. You have uh, folks that do cost estimates. You have um, marketing consultants that are coming in and providing real value to small businesses in these spaces. Um, and then uh, with our city agency, we have various doing business with city courses as well. Now, I was trying to drop in these links as fast as you were saying them. So I feel like I got most of them. 
Right. Uh, so I'm missing a few, but let's talk about how, uh, what's another way that they can gain access to updates on these courses or uh, well, these trainings um, if they miss something in the, the chat or if I miss something in the chat, how do we stay updated on what's going on um, for, you know, what are some things we can engage in as a small business? Yeah. And I mean, I give a lot of grace to small businesses because not only are you working on your business, you're working in your business. And so it's a lot of information that you've got to keep up with. You're, you know, keeping certified, you're going after business, you're doing trainings, there's events, but it's all important. Again, um, it's what's keeping your business running. And so I would say if you're looking to work with the city, the best way to stay in touch and understand everything that's happening because everything is moving fast is to sign up for our newsletter. Our newsletter encompasses information citywide. So you're gonna get information pertaining to bidding opportunities, different um, access to capital programs if you need money. Uh, we have uh, all of the networking events that you could think of that are going on in the city and then with all of our associations and organizations that we partner with. Um, and then we're going to tell you about the the classes that we, DISBO, are offering for that next month. We send this newsletter on a weekly basis because I believe in being a bugaboo and making sure that this information is at your disposal on a constant basis. Um, and as I had stated, with regards to getting signed up for the newsletter, we also want for you to attend our events. Yes, identify where you want to spend your time and how often you're going to spend your time. But if you are a certified business, a bulk of your time needs to be spent with your small business office because this is where we're going to be directing and protecting and advocating for you. Uh, so here at DISBO, we put on our DISBO equity and empowerment council meetings every other month. We have a meeting coming up the last Tuesday of this month. Um, and this is where you are going to have access to the entire city. We have uh, key stakeholders there. We have large prime contractors. We talk about how to do business with the city. And then we have agency spotlights. Um, and so you should definitely check out this month's uh, Deke meeting. We're actually going to have uh, my friend here joining us to share more information on this incredible podcast. And you can sign up there. Um, outside of that, we also facilitate uh, citywide bridging the gap to success. And we are going to look to start these back up next year. You'll get access to each agency's upcoming spend for that quarter, for that next quarter. So all of the bidding opportunities that they forecast for the next quarter, you will have in your hands. And then you get to come to this event and meet face-to-face -face with their procuring agencies and the people that are putting out the procurements to ask them questions about how to do business with their agency. We then have a little mini panel so that you can hear from other small businesses in terms of what experiences they've had working with city agencies and what to be mindful of. Um, and I'm not going to go into the next six different types of events we have, but uh, we do partner with a lot of associations and organizations. And then internally within the city, each agency has their own kind of like meet the buyer networking event. So it's like bagels and business, meet the buyer, taking flight, which is at the airport and various um, ad hoc forms as well. So get on our newsletter and then you can get all of that information. Hey, yeah, I love that. Um, in the forecasting meeting, we didn't even have a conversation about this, but 
being able to provide that forecast to small businesses up front and then putting them in front of the buyers absolutely amazing so i don't know i might be flying out the Denver in a little bit now <laughs> love to have you oh. would love to hold a reception for you you should definitely oh. <laughs> i would love that i'll definitely plan to come absolutely um now that that's a, a huge space being able to have all of those events and by the way i have signed up for the newsletter and everyone who is listening to it on youtube i dropped a link in the chat Go ahead and sign up for it because I don't want you to miss out on these opportunities. Even if you're not expecting to do business with the city of Denver right now, staying up to date gives you the opportunity on down the line or you see some opportunities available, you can pitch it and share it to someone else. So remember, we're doing this together. This is a collective effort. Yes. Uh, BJ said, this is great. <laughs> so <laughs> so excited. I, I feel the same way, BJ. I'm over here just sucking up all this information. Um, now, moving into like our pr procurement. Oh, if I can speak. Moving into our procurement conversation, because now, you know, we want to get into the nitty gritty of uh, I, being able to work with the agencies is huge. But can we talk a little bit about the the money for a second? There. Let's talk yeah. about uh, you know some of the budgets and how um, city depart how many city departments are actually within um, the city of Denver. Yes. So you thought I talked a lot a moment ago. This is going to be a lot. So get out your paper and pencil. Listen, I love this. More <laughs> the more information makes the interview uh, that much better. So well, then I am in the perfect space. Uh, my team always complains about how much I talk. So. All right. So when it comes to the city, again, it's a vast, it's a vast landscape. All right. So when when I speak about the budget, I usually tell folks not to view this like the city's budget. Again, the city is broken down by agency, which I'm going to get into by agencies, which I'm going to get into in a minute. So, for example, in terms of budget, um, general services, which is one of our agencies, spent $700 million last year in services and goods. And then our airport, for example, was awarded $60 million from the U.S. Department of Transportation. And that is not even including tax dollars and revenue that they made in the airport. So these are big budgets and they're spending every dime. So multi-million dollars into the billions in many instances. So look at the city, look at city budget rather by agency and what they've got to spend. And that's why it's important for if you're looking to work with the city coming to that bridging the gap event, because when I'm talking about spend and general services, putting out $700 million, you want to understand how that's broken down and you'll have that in your hands to get a piece of that pie. Um, and so the next piece of that is how many departments are there in the city? And so, as I had stated, the city is broken down by agency, not even at the first tier of departments, they're agencies. And so the way that I like to look at it is that the city is like a universe and we have agencies that are like planets. And so uh, with that being said, each agency has their own budget, their own procurement process, their own projects, their own way in doing things, you name it. DISBO works with each of those agencies. If you're going back to how I was talking about a vehicle, each city agency has their own way in doing things and soliciting their project. And we sit in the passenger seat. 
And so our major agencies are going to include the Department of Trans Transportation Infrastructure, known as DOTI. They are handling um, mega projects that are infrastructure projects like our 16th Street Mall, which is one of our long, um, long street malls uh, downtown Denver. It's also handling large construction for our convention center in areas like that. And then we have DEN, which is our airport. It's uh, airport, uh, Denver International Airport, but we call it DEN. Um, the agency that I live in, which is Denver's Economic Development and Opportunity, which is known as DEDO, D-E-D-O. We have General Services, which is handling the, um, the tiddlywinks of the, of the city. So if anything needs to be repaired, um, if anything needs to be bought, the general services is typically the agency that's handling that. We also have arts and venues um, and then parks and recreation. So those are our top six agencies at the city. So I'll go through that again. Dito, Dotty, Den, general services, arts and venues and parks and recreation. Those are the largest. Then you have 30 plus additional smaller agencies. So these are uh, agencies like the zoo, um, the hospital, all of our museums, the library, our city attorney's office, um, and then we have the National Western Center, which is uh, a new agency, um, and then Climate Action, Sustainability, and Resiliency, which is for clean environments. So it's a lot, a lot of agencies, and a, but it's a lot of opportunity. They all have their own budget, and they all have projects that are coming out this way. So there's something for everyone. Uh, so that kind of puts the cap on. I know that's a lot of information. No, no. And I think that's perfect. Um, and it, it kind of gives us the opportunity to see how government agencies operate differently from different locations. So this is more of a decentralized manner, right? Everyone has their own processes in place. And that's great because, I don't know, I always ask the question around the number of departments because basically they're their own little entities. And you could essentially just, do laps working with different departments or agencies right in one government um government entity so i usually like to ask that question but for you to say 30 plus additional agencies insane so uh, that was one big piece i was i was pretty excited about i dropped a link to um the uh, i think you have a list of different offices and agencies and departments on the website so i dropped that link in the chat Everyone feel free to take a look at it and see, you know, figure out where your business fits into this space. But as we're talking about finding uh, that business fit, you know, we call it uh, on the tech side, we call it product market fit. Um, let's talk about some of the things that the city actually purchases. Like what are some things that the city typically, being as vast as it is, I'm pretty sure it's literally everything. Mm -hmm. But um, I would love to kind of tap on some of the bigger or consistent products and services across the board? Yeah. So I'd say that our top industries are going to include construction, professional services, goods, services, and concessions. So what that looks like going deeper into it. So in terms of construction, we we know what that's going to be, right? You're talking, looking at demolition, remediation, um, horizontal and vertical works. Professional services is anything architectural, engineering, um, project management, um, anything that's gonna come in and assist in building a project or maintaining a project. 
uh, or even bringing in a consultant. So for example, we have a professional service uh, that we're looking at for someone to come in and assist with like our disparity study. And then goods. So this is an interesting one. Uh, during COVID, we were procuring uh, opportunities for hand sanitizers and masks, um, office supplies, printing, uh, printing machines, TVs, chairs, you name it, anything that the city needs to uh, keep the keep business running, they're going to procure goods as well as even just general services. So like janitorial services, window washing, um, as I had said, mailing, printing. Um, there's even been instances where we need businesses to help with videography, catering. Um, um, what else was I just getting ready to say? Uh, services in terms of, this was, was an interesting one actually out of Parks and Recreation, prairie dog remediation, uh, tree pruning, everything. Uh, and then last but not least is concessions. We've had businesses get certified for dog washing, for <laughs> retail spaces for bookkeeping, um, uh, different retailers. So we have in, currently in the concessions, black owned business, McDonald's. We have uh, various burgers, jo burger joints, spas. Uh, it's, it goes on and on. If you name it, we are procuring it or purchasing it. Yeah, that's a pretty big deal. Um, that was a, a lot of examples. And I love the fact that th that you threw in window washing. Like it seems so simple, right? But imagine being able to do that for an entire organization. Um, so big deal. And uh, I think it goes back to one of the training programs that you had, Small Businesses Win Big, uh, that Small Business Win Big training. So uh, definitely excited about that. We got a few flames in the chat right now and some yeses. So uh, they're definitely eating this information up at this moment. <laughs> so I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy to hear that. If you're doing it, we're probably procuring it. I met a woman that does grant writing and we have an office for grant writing. Wow. So there's a lot of opportunities at the city. And, and and this is just a sidebar with Colorado being one of the states that has legalized marijuana. We have grants that are centralized in terms of helping um, businesses that are in the marijuana space keep in, keep their get their licenses, keep their businesses open. We have consultants that help them walk through that. And then the money that we are receiving and the revenue from that is going into a fund to provide uh, access to capital for BIPOC businesses. Wow, that is that is amazing. I definitely love the way that they, the circle. Yes, yeah, it's an ecosystem. Yeah. I love it, I love it, I love it. Okay, now, while we're still on the topic of procurement, in different agencies, they have these different procurement thresholds or ways they procure pro products or services. Can we talk about what that looks like at the city so uh, we can kind of get a better understanding of what to expect? Yes. So we have credit card purchases that um, for any single pur purchase for a credit card or P card, if you will, needs to be under 3,000. In some instances, they'll allow it up to 10,000, but they're pretty strict with regards to P card usage. Um, under 50K is typically for purchase orders, and that is contingent on it getting through the city attorney's office and not needing to be necessarily a contract. 
due to risk. Um, and then anything over 500,000, um, it must be an actual procurement type. So it must go out for solicitation and it has to go to vote by our city council. So just to back that up again, so 50K to 500,000 would be a procurement. Um, and it doesn't typically need to go to city council. So it would be run through this, uh, the city process, but not a vote. So we could procure it, solicit it, award it. And then anything over 500K would still be a procurement, but has to go to vote by our city council. I like that. Uh, we have someone in the chat that had a question about um, pilot programs. Are there any opportunities for how, I guess I'm, I'm thinking from an innovation standpoint, are there any opportunities for pilot programs within the city and county of Denver? Yeah, the city loves a pilot program. Uh, we, we put out a lot of pilot programs depending on the space that it's in. So the city in many instances will um, implement, so develop and implement a pilot program uh, solo, you know, just with, within that city agency, or they will bring in a consultant to assist with piloting that program. So for example, within DISBO, we have a citywide mentor protege program, which I have not spoke about yet. And that was piloted two years ago. And we brought in a consultant to help pilot that program for us. So they're essentially our liaison in, um, in implementing the program and then administering the program. And now that that, that was a successful pilot, it is now a instituted program at the city. Uh, what I was speaking about earlier with the marijuana funds going into access to capital and venture funds, that was originally a pilot program. So, and that fund is called the Herman Malone Fund. You can find that on the website uh, that was piloted and then is now going into its second year um, has been instituted. I will say that if you as a small business would like to bring a pilot or an unsolicited proposal to the city, you are more than welcome to do so, but be very, very careful in soliciting that type of information because you don't want it to, um, you don't want it to be stolen. And I wouldn't say that it, anyone would steal your work, but unbeknownst to them, there may be a, like a tweak to it that then they can own themselves. And any unsolicited proposal that is submitted may have to go out as a procurement. So the idea that you're bringing, you may actually have to compete then against. So be very careful with doing that and just make sure that you don't give all of the ingredients to your recipe. I like that. And that's the first time someone has actually come out and said that uh, openly. Usually yeah. we know there's always a risk, right? <laughs> uh, I have can you sign this NDA? <laughs> yep. So. I've seen it happen, not at the city. I've seen it happen before and I just... Intellectual property is so, it's like a gem and you have to be careful with that. Again, don't give all your ingredients to your recipe, hold some of it for your own. And if you're going to submit an unsolicited proposal, understand the, um, the guidelines around it. Like what do they get to keep by you submitting it? I like that. And dang, that, that should have been something that we kind of hit on a little bit. I love that though. And it shows also how committed the city is to innovation and growing. Uh, with that Malone fund alone, like I, I just 
drop the link to that in the chat as well, uh, just because I think it's such a great opportunity. Uh, but just going further into like our next uh, process. So what does the current process of doing business with the city of Denver entail? So we've talked about briefly about submitting unsolicited proposals. So I kind of want to tack that on at the end, if you can kind of share what the current process is and, and, and then um, what's the process of submitting an unsolicited proposal. Yeah. Did you also want me to hold off on sharing what type of procurements we have as well? Or Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Yes. Let's do that one. I forgot. Yeah. Okay. So there, as I shared, there's unsolicited proposals, which again, because there are so many different city agencies, the submittals of those can be different, but we can touch on that in a bit. Um, the city, through with all of the city agencies that we have, um, and you take that class that I just shared, small bids, big wins, you'll learn more. Um, but there are six typical procurement types that I we have seen to be most consistent through the city. So you have hard bids, which are firms that bid to the prime contractor on a project with an established scope and budget. You know what the scope is, you know what the budget is, and then it's the person that comes in with the lowest price. We also have RFQs, which are requests for um, requests for qualifications. Uh, we have RFPs, which are where firms submit prime, I'm sorry, firms submit prime contractor proposals for a project where the city has not yet established the scope or the budget. So RFPs, unknown scope, unknown budget. We are looking for you to bring a solution. And then we have requests for offers. We have this a lot on the airport side of the house because there's a lot of uh, development on land, which we attach small business requirements to as well. Um, RFOs are, as I said, requests for offers. Our developers submit prime contractor offers for a project where the city has not established scope, budget, or the end result of a vision. So we have land, tell us if you're gonna put a restaurant, a gas station, a hotel on it, et cetera, bring that to us. Um, and then we also have unit pricing procurements, which is like a kitchen sink approach to a scope. The city includes everything they want under the sun. And then you provide line item quotes for that. And then last but not least, we have categorical RFQs, so ca uh, categorical requests for qualifications, which is one procurement with multiple categories of work, each with a discrete DISBO goal. And generally, these are, these are on calls. Um, and firms may choose to bid on one or several categories. Our categorical RFQs typically tend to be our SBE-defined pools. So a lot of our certified firms um, are awarded these projects. And I can drop all of those definitions uh, in the chat or send them over to you. I actually start dropping them in the chat um, with, with minor notes on them. Um, so you may get someone to call and ask you what is a poke meant because I kind of spelled it wrong, but don't worry about that. Just um <laughs> So I dropped some of them in the chat. That is great, actually, because uh, it really outlines. And, and you do some creative uh, procurement style uh, as, as far as one of them was the unknown scope and the unknown budget, the RFP. Typically, I've seen it in other spaces where it's this is the scope and you, you respond with your proposal, but with an unknown scope and an unknown budget that gives a business the opportunity to be completely creative. So I love that one. Um, 
And I think that's also great and inviting for innovative and startup companies and things like that as well. Uh, okay. All right. So I really like that. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to add about the unsolicited proposal as we kind of roll into um, our next question? Um, uh, so with regards to the unsolicited proposal, so like most likely I've, uh, I've most consistently seen solutions brought to the city based off of a barrier or a challenge, um, that the community has faced. So, or a need due to innovation and technology or sustainability. And so one, for example, was with regards to, um, it was a, with all of our garbage trucks, it's a sensor to understand the various emissions that are being emitted through picking up garbage trucks and their routes. And it's a whole deal. And so submitting something of that nature would be very enticing to the city agent, that specific city agency. So I would say that for any unsolicited proposal that you have, you need to understand what city agency that it would fall underneath. And then you would want to speak with their project manager and understanding if you're going to share unsolicited um, a proposal on an idea or an innovation, what that process looks like and how to best protect yourself. And maybe even um, consulting an attorney with regards to this, because I, from my um, experience, trademarks and copyrights don't always go all the way with unsolicited proposals. So you'll want to understand what the risk is and what protections you have. And then the third piece is, again, you'd want to understand that if you submit an unsolicited proposal and they buy into it, would it need to go back out for a competitive bid or would it be a sole source? If your idea is so unique that no one else is doing it, then they may be able to issue it as a sole source procurement. But if it is not, and if they cannot make that justification, then it has to go out for a competitive bid, which means that you are now competing with other people on your idea which could give you some advantage, but you don't then know what the budget is going to be or if you're going to get the price that you wanted for it and then you don't own it any longer. So just be careful with that. I love that. I love the fact that you mentioned the sole source opportunity, um, finding ways and what that justification looks like. I think that goes back into looking into the instruction and what are some things that you can you know, tweak about the solution to make it more geared towards a sole source opportunity. So definitely something to take a look at. I know here in the state of Florida, we, at the state level, there's a clause that you can add into your proposal to make it confidential. And it only shares, you know, certain information, not your trade secrets. So that, like you said, consulting a attorney would be definitely the best way to go off of that unsolicited proposal um, aspect. Now, as we talk about uh, the process of doing business. So we just went over the process of unsolicited proposals. What about traditional processes with proposals? How do we find them? Is there a registration portal or anything like that? Yes. So they. So there are two ways in which you can go about finding out about opportunities at the city. So one, we have on our website um, a button that says bidding opportunities. And so that is going to, once you click on bidding opportunities, you're going to get some specific projects that we want to bring to the front line that we're aware of, that we want you to be aware of. And then on the other side of that uh, web page, you're going to see a link to all of our major city agencies and the procurements that they're putting out. So those links like Dottie, DEN, General Services, will, it will take you directly to where all of their bidding opportunities are. 
That is one space. The second space is for you to sign up for our newsletter. Again, that's where you're going to get additional information on upcoming opportunities. And the third, which I think is the best in terms of preparing to do work, if you're not ready today, but you want to have a little bit of lead time and understand, you know, a quarter from now, I'm going to be ready to do something is to look at our um, small business, I'm sorry, our Disbo business utilization log. This is a listing of all of the projects that Disbo has established a requirement on. And so when I say established a requirement, that means that we put a contract MWBE or DBE goal on that project, or we've identified it as an SBE defined pool project. And that will be helpful in you understanding, okay, this project is going to have requirements, which means I can get my foot in the door on it. And I know that it may be coming out in this quarter. And this is the city agency that I can go talk to now and get more information about this project and when they're going to solicit it. Oh, I'm looking at it right now. And this is these are a lot of projects that are next year that gives you more than enough time to play around with. There's something on here for marketing. Yes. Um, so I love that. I love this, this outline right here. And is this more of the outline that you would follow as you're doing the, the procurement forecast meeting that we spoke about earlier? Um, similar. Yes. So for that bridging the gap to success event, we would put it in that same format. So the city agencies will send us all of their upcoming efforts that, that they intend to spend money on. And we put it into this similar format. Uh, so that it's easier for small businesses to get more information on the project. I don't think that a lot of times project managers understand what it's like to be on the other side of the house and they give the most generic titles for projects and don't realize that there's all of these opportunities that lay within it. And then now this small business is spending hours and hours trying to figure out where to go, what it's about, and if it's worth their time. And so we try to do a lot of that work ahead for our small businesses. Uh, I always talk with this mic off. Um, so you'll see my mouth moving and you can't hear anything. It's because I talk a lot. Uh, but <laughs> in the midst of all of that, this utilization report breaks down a lot of opportunities. Can we talk a little bit about how these opportunities are actually set aside and how you came to you know, the goals for this aspect of it? Yeah, so... Uh... As it relates to, so we have a business utilization office. And um, with that being said, any project at the city that is over $50,000, so under 50,000 can be purchase orders. Um, and we don't necessarily have mandate over that yet. 50,000 and above, we do. Every procurement that's 50,000 or above must come through DISBO for an assessment. And it comes through our business utilization office. So our project managers will submit an assessment form that outlines funding, uh, the scope, uh, what, the, what the costs are for each of those scopes, any conditional factors like licensing, types of materials that they need to utilize, if it's gonna be done at night, done during the day, any, any additional areas that we need to be privy to, like warranties. And then our business utilization analyst will meet with that project manager to better understand the project and make sure that we've got our head wrapped around it pretty well. And then we will do an analysis to understand 
uh, what businesses are certified in those various areas and scope. Um, based off of the breakdown of that project, we will either identify it for a goal, for an SBA-defined pool, or no program will apply. And so in this space, it's really important that we get businesses certified because if we don't have businesses certified in these various scopes, like videography is an area we do not have very many firms certified, then we can't attach requirements to it or it makes our goal less attainable and yes, less defensible. And so when we're looking at projects, um, the project manager will let us know, like we're looking to keep this as a large procurement or we have unbundled it into smaller portions for small businesses to hopefully go after it. In the event that that project has been unbundled into a smaller procurement, or if it's an on-call, or if it just really seems meaningful for a small business to um, control on their own or with few firms, then we will set it aside for our SBE-defined pool. Within our SBE-defined pool, only certified, our City and County of Denver certified, SBEs can compete for those projects. And so this is very beneficial because it's you're not then competing with much larger non-certified businesses that may have these special connections. It's only you and other SBEs that are at the same advantage as you. And um, in many instances with these SBE-defined pools, we've reduced barriers. So there may be different bonding requirements attached. Um, not to, So I will say that there will be reduced barriers on one end with regards to like bonding or the um, different qualifications or the different work that's being done. But on the other end, there's are there may be requirements that you must attend the pre-bid or you, you must um, be certified prior to submitting your proposal. Um, but these are great opportunities for certified firms to get to know that city agency, to build a rapport with them and to understand if where you're at in your scale and capacity in managing a project on your own. And so I would say that if you think you're ready for that space, then this is when you need to start to engage and um, start to build that rapport with city agencies. And I've seen a lot of repeat business from these SB defined pool projects. And I think that's a big deal too, unbundling those contracts. Uh, I love that you all are doing that. Um, and as far as a business getting into that space, so you were saying this is the best way to build relationships. How do we as small businesses market our business to you know the city of Denver prior to being awarded that first contract? What does that look like? Yeah, and I know that that can seem monotonous, uh, but the most important piece is being seen and often, uh, making it a point to attend uh, various events that are being put on by DISBO and or that city agency. So if you're looking to work with DOTI, Department of Transportation and Infrastructure, attending their bagels and business events, um, making sure that you are meeting with you know, their project managers, um, if you are part of our associations and organizations and that city agency uh, is going to be there, making sure that you're there and you provide a capabilities um, statement. Uh, some other avenues that we've helped 
small businesses with is convening engagement meetings. So if we know that the service that the small business provides is one that we've seen typically utilized, we'll convene a like virtual meeting between the city agency and that small business to provide like a mini presentation so that they can get to know them. Yeah, I think that's really nice um, being able to just facilitate those relationships because sometimes it's it's hard as a, a small business to just con continuously reach out to them. But sometimes that soft intro really helps. So that's amazing. Um, if a business wants to learn more about um, the organ, oh, learn more about doing business with the city of Denver, where, where should they go? What is their best case uh, for finding this information? Well, First things first, you need to be certified and sign up for our newsletter. And so I will say, do your homework, identify what service it is that you provide, and then identify what one to two city agencies that you may want to work with. You Don't go into this saying, I want to work with all of the city. You need to focus on one to two, because again, they are decentralized and the processes are different, and it's going to take you time to build those relationships and to start going after those procurements. Um, so focus on one to two city agencies that you really want to get your foot in the door and then um, focus on the service that you provide, get certified with us. Um, stay in the know by visiting our website. Everything that you need is on our website. I'm actually really proud of it. Some agent, uh, websites are just a mess and this is an easy way for you to understand where everything is. And then attend our events, you know, again, work on your business and work in your business. Come to these training events, come to networking events, make it worth your time and visit um, and understand what opportunities are coming out so that you can get ready to solicit as either a prime or as a sub. Wow, great information. And then this is our uh, last thing. Do you have any parting wisdom you would like to leave on the business community? Yes, I do. Uh, it, as I have shared, I give so much grace and respect to business owners. It is not easy being a business owner, and especially it's not easy being a business owner when you're a person of color and or a woman. And so with that being said, you obviously know that you have to fly while other people are walking. And so in that, make sure that you are doing everything that you can to protect your business and in doing so, understanding what laws are out there for you. We have an entire ordinance that is geared towards protecting small businesses. Understand your protections and utilize them. If you are living in a different state than the city, utilize your small business office to advocate for you. That is what we are doing here. There is a big threat on small business programs right now. Um, per the affirmative action lawsuits and over trying to overturn them and these programs are next. So you need to get cozy and get comfortable with your small business offices, stay certified, show the priority in these businesses and uh, remain accountable in trying to go after these opportunities. This is why we know that discrimination exists in the absence of these programs. So utilize these programs to the best of your ability because they are here for you. So make them work for you. That was a sermon right there. Use them to the use them to the very extent of the yes. program. So we appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming in.
and sharing this information with us. I'm sure um, this is going to have a number of different people reaching out and I'm going to be reaching out myself. So I'm super excited. Um, someone says, this is one of your top interviews. Oh, thank you. Adrena, you didn't hit that barrier. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so excited. You, it was such an amazing and information packed um interview. So I just want to say thank you again, and I'm pretty sure this will not be our last episode uh, together. We'll probably circle back a year and a half from now to kind of see what's going on with the city um, of Denver as well. For everyone in the chat, thank y'all so much. We really appreciate it. This is why we do this uh, do these episodes. This is why Adrena does the work that she does within the city. Um, just continuing to be engaged, asking questions, and being knowledgeable, but helping find your way in this space is such a huge deal. So thank. Thank you so much for sticking with us. In the meantime, don't forget to like this episode, uh, comment as well, and share it with other business owners who may need this information because this was such an action, uh, such an information-packed episode. So until then, we will see you all in the next episode of the Government Coins Podcast. Thank you so much, and I will talk to y'all soon. <laughs> Thank you.